Hey there, Duke fans. Jason Evans here on what is a big day for Duke basketball news. We got the full schedule, the non-conference and the conference game released just a short time ago. There's a lot to go through here, and I promise that Donald, Sam, and I are going to break it all down. We're just not going to do it right now. We will be taking a deep dive into the schedule and the entire ACC this weekend, and we will have a lot of interesting stuff to say. Really, we will. But for right now... We're going to present you instead with the second of our three brand new episodes on the Dukies headed into the NBA draft. Today, we're going to focus on Cassius Stanley. So here's that episode. We'll be getting to the ACC schedule very, very soon, I promise. But for now, enjoy our look at the NBA draft. All right. Hey there, Duke fans. We're back. A, a full week of DBR podcast here for you. We're, a, a, this is episode 248. Today, we're going to be talking more NBA draft stuff, and it is Cassius Stanley's turn. Today, we're talking about Cassius. And once again, we're going to be chatting with Jeremiah Boswell, a basketball trainer who's worked with numerous NBA stars and who the NBA employs in youth player development. Before we get to our conversation with Jeremiah about Cash, I have to bring in my partners in crime, Sam Klein. Sam, how you doing? I am great. I am excited to get through NBA draft projection number two here this week. It's a it's a very busy week for us on the show. Amen. Yes, it is. And Donald Wine. Donald, what's up, my friend? I, I don't know why after last week, as busy and as tired as I was, that we decided, yes, let's do multiple podcast episodes in one week. <laughs> But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk about cash. This is this is the one that I that, uh, that I was really hyped for. So let's go. I love it. I love it. So like I said, uh, we're going to be talking with Jeremiah Boswell, a guy who knows what it takes to get drafted in the NBA. Um, if you've not heard our conversation with him yesterday, where we spoke a little bit about his background, um, his analysis of Vernon Carey's NBA future, um, you need to go listen to that episode. Um, but if you have already heard that one, let's now move on to Cassius Stanley. Here is Donald's conversation with uh, NBA trainer Jeremiah Boswell about Cassius Stanley. Jeremiah, uh, you know, on the last show, we talked to you about Vernon Carey. We, we had a nice little discussion, you and Jason. And now we want to shift to Cassius Stanley. Uh, obviously, Cassius Stanley came out as a freshman uh, along with Vernon Carey. And when it comes to him, what do you think are the strengths that NBA scouts and execs are using to describe his game and how it'll translate to that next level? I, for me, I would think that his athleticism and leaping ability has to be right at the top, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's the, the first thing that jumps out at you, right, is just the, the natural kind of God-given ability to, to elevate and explode um, so I, I think that's that's the first piece. I think you also have to think of him as a potentially really good defender. Um, he's not like looking at measurables like he's not a super long wingspan or anything, but he has natural good size um, and moves really well. So I think you've got to think, all right, you know, with with you know proper development, could be a great defender, and then shows the potential to to be able to shoot the ball too. And so with those three things, I mean, we hear three and D all the time, right? you can at least start there with him as having a success story. Um, so I think there is, I think he of these, these three guys, you know, we're talking about from Duke, he's got probably the highest ceiling um, at the NBA for, 
most potential to, to develop. And you talk about that ceiling, uh, you know, it's weird. I think he has that ceiling, but there's also the fact that I really don't see a lot of people use that word that everyone loves to use about draft picks upside. Uh, and that's mainly because of his age, but what other concerns do you see in his game that you think NBA scouts are, or NBA teams are concerned about? Well, you know, you've got to, he's, he's not a great defender at this point. So while he has the potential, he's, he's not right now. And, and kind of to the point you mentioned with age, like you have, you know, is a team going to spend time with him really making sure he, he develops that the other pieces, the NBA is such a big, big pick and roll game. Right. And so I don't know that he has the craftiness and the wherewithal to be a really good, you know, on ball point guard kind of run and pick and roll situations. So I think that's another question mark, because what happens is these guys who just become three and D, if he doesn't develop his three point shot and he kind of is just what he is, you know, there's another guy in next year's draft that does the same thing with maybe, you know, a little more pick and roll feel or a little better defender. And so they just kind of churn those guys out. And so um, you, you just have to hope that, you know, he's working on his pick and roll, he's working on his jumper, and he's working on his defense to, to really stick. Another thing about his game, you know, he wasn't asked to hold the ball or, or dribble the ball up uh, a lot. Uh, but in the NBA, everyone at some point, if you're a one, a two, or a three, uh, and sometimes even a four, you you have that handle. You have to be able to drive the ball and create your own shot or really lead an offense. So there's the jumping ability, there's his, his jumper, and then there's his handles. What do you think is the one thing that he can improve the quickest on it and become a complete, more complete NBA player? Between the the jumper, his handle, and, and what was the third one? Uh, the jumper and his handle, yeah. Jumper and his handle. I think uh, his jumper being most important. I, I think there's some foundational pieces that are there that show some promise. Um, I don't think NBA teams are going to want him to catch the ball and put it on the floor and start doing a lot right away. I think he's a one or two dribble guy, um, you know, catch it, rip and play. Um, he can take a dribble and get to the rim, um, maybe one or two and a step back or something like that. But I think he's going to be playing off of closeouts similar to Duke, you know, like catch and shoot, catch one, two dribbles, playing, playing off of other people's creation. So his ability to make that shot is, is, is the most important piece first. So, most mock drafts that I've seen have had him pegged at some point in the second round, maybe early to mid second round. Uh, normally again, his athleticism, uh, some of the things that you talk about with regards to his defense, his handle, his jumper uh, being the the thing that kind of pulls him down. What do you think he needs to do to improve his stock and maybe pop into that late first round? Yeah. Unfortunately for him and all these guys, like the, the draft process this year isn't, isn't helpful for him. Um, Usually a team has him in and, and is able to look at him and evaluate him. And now this year teams are, are choosing, they have to pick 10 places that they go watch workouts. When they get to those workouts, sometimes, you know, they're not even helpful for them because they're not leading the workout. It's a, it's a trainer who's doing something controlled or maybe not even helpful. So um, I don't know that he's getting the looks that he needs, you know, the opportunity, sometimes the pre-draft um, experience, opens up doors. If he goes into a team and he does really well, um, he makes shots, he competed well, and he shows a few things. Now he starts to climb. What's happening now is, is you can't really climb, right? In, unless you interview really well, which most people know the Duke guys are going to interview well. 
Um, so there's no real surprises. It's hard for them to, to really jump um, at this point. I have heard of uh, a few guys kind of moving the needle with some workouts, but these second round guys aren't, aren't even in front of the teams um, very much, if, if at all. So it, this process is tough for him. And I'll leave you with this. Okay, a couple teams. Uh, is there a couple teams that you think that he walks in and becomes an immediate contributor? It doesn't have to be a starter, but contribute. If we're looking at this draft, what teams would you look at to say, yeah, I think that team might come in and take a flyer and catch a Stanley? Great question. Uh, they're Orlando, uh, potentially. Uh, it, it's hard to say the way the way the league is set up now that, you know, teams drafting the second round often think G League anyway. Um, Orlando, maybe, is, is probably my best um, first off the top guess, just because they have kind of a, a pick in that area, in that range, and, and also – you know, some potential there to, to score. Obviously, um, Evan Fournier is a free agent, so, like, what happens there could could impact him a little bit. But um, I would throw that one out as, as my, my first choice. Well, we'll see what happens in the draft on November 18th. Jeremiah Boswell, thank you very much for your time uh, and really getting to talk about Cassius Stanley. Thank you. Absolutely. So it seems to me like Cash would be an ideal 3 and D guy, and yet um, the NBA appears to be concerned about his handle and how he'd work in pick and roll. And Jeremiah essentially said guys like Cash are kind of a dime a dozen unless they do something that really stands out. Um, uh, Donald, you're the one who spoke to him. What are your takeaways from the conversation with Jeremiah about Cash Stanley? I think the the drawbacks to Cash's game that were highlighted by Jeremiah – I don't think those are new things. I think those are things that we've kind of talked about at, at times during last season. Uh, the fact that his, you know, he needs to develop more of a jumper. He needs to have more of a handle. But with his athleticism, I don't think that these other traits are things that just we have to like say, oh, well, he's never going to develop that. Those are things that can easily develop. You know, his jumper can come along. He can increase a better handle so that he can uh, play the ball. But again, just like Jeremiah said, He's going to be playing more of a in the NBA. He's going to be playing more of that pop shot uh, type of offense where he's not going to need to. He's not going to be called on to dribble drive to the paint and, and throw it down. He will be able to do that with one dribble. Uh, we've seen that at many times during the last season where he can just you know elevate over everyone. He still holds the vertical leap record at Duke. But I do think that if he can increase his jumper, that's going to be the best way for him to improve his stock and really just be a really good NBA player. Because if he's just going to sit in the corner or sit in the wing and have someone else dribble drive and kick out to him and he's just popping threes all day or, or dribble drive, take that one dribble to the paint and dunking it, he's going to get he's going to be a guy that you can count on for, you know, 12, 15 points a game at a certain point. That is going to be someone that you're going to need on a team as a role player. So I, I feel more confident after listening to Jeremiah about the fact that I think that Cassius Stanley, despite the fact that people are turned off by his age that he's already 21 years old and in NBA that's ancient for a draft pick. I do think that his upside's still there. His athleticism is still there and his D can always improve as well. So those are things that I think in the NBA, he's going to work on them and hopefully he's able to 
make a career out of it. I think defense is a big thing for for Cassius. We saw a lot of progress from him this past year, and hopefully we'll we'll see more of it in the NBA. He has the tools, the the athletic tools, to be a great NBA defender. And and the question is, is he able to put that together? Unfortunately, it's a hard thing to demonstrate during social distancing, during a summer where it's hard to work out with other guys and really hard to have a real five-on-five game speed situation. So that is something that, unfortunately, he's just not going to be able to demonstrate ahead of the draft. I do feel confident in Cassius Stanley's makeup and his athleticism that he'll be able to develop into a into a big-time NBA defender. We just haven't seen it yet, so I absolutely understand why an NBA team would be hesitant to draft him, in particular with a first-round pick. You know, I've got a little bit of uh, Cassius Stanley news. Um, it was reported about a week ago. So the NBA is doing like these virtual combine kind of things where they they bring players together and and uh, and guys are allowed to, you know, NBA scouts are allowed to to watch. I think I think they do some of the watching virtually and as such. But uh, it, it was reported by um, uh, Jonathan Gavoni that Cassius Stanley registered a 44 inch vertical leap um, at this NBA combine thing which was the the highest vertical leap that they'd recorded since 2017. Um, and in fact, going back to the year 2000, only Hamadou Diallo and Kenny Gregory. I've never heard, I don't know who Kenny Gregory, I'm trying to remember. He was in 2001, but only Hamadou Diallo in 2017 and Kenny Gregory in 2001 have ever registered more than a 44-inch vertical leap. And it was also reported by someone else who was on this stuff um, that – uh, they, they do like two or three jumps to to record their vertical. That Cassius jumped forty seven inches, which would be the highest anyone ever has at an NBA combine. But like he stepped on the tape, and so his his jump was disqualified. It wasn't allowed, uh, but it registered at forty seven inches. I, I strongly suspect NBA teams um, are going to be very intrigued by by the degree of athleticism he has. Uh, his his handle, Donald. You know, you guys talked about that. He really needs to work on his handle. <laughs> but uh, but as a 3 and D guy, as a guy who's just going to sit on the wing and then play crazy good defense for you because of his athleticism, I think teams are going to be interested in him. Guys, we, we discussed on the Vernon Carey episode, you got the 25th pick, are you taking him? Um, so now let's go to the 26th pick. <laughs> You're an NBA GM. You just took Vernon at 25 because all three of us said we'd probably take him at 25. Cash is on the board for you at 26 in the first round. Sam, I'll go to you first. You taking Cassius Stanley with with a, a late first round pick, twenty sixth pick. The athleticism is so exciting to me, but the fact that he doesn't yet have that one standout NBA skill means I can't take him with a first round pick because I can't. I, I don't know as a GM where I would immediately plug him into a twelve or thirteen man rotation on an NBA bench. So I think I'm waiting for the second round for Cassius Stanley. I really wish, man, it, it's such a shame that that he is as old as, as we were talking about and that he's sort of forced to leave because another year at Duke would have been huge for Cassius Stanley. Donald, your turn. General manager of the, of the uh, uh, Detroit Pistons, picking 26. <laughs> well, we definitely need shooters on the Detroit Pistons. We need everything on the Detroit Pistons. But having said that, I, I, I go back to last episode that we did yesterday uh, with Jeremiah Basel where he said for Vernon Carey, if he had the 25th pick and the 33rd pick, he's not picking Carey at 25th and hoping he's there at 33rd. Yesterday, I said that I would pick Vernon Carey at the 25th pick because I think that he's someone that I could, like Sam, plug into the rotation now. 
I think I wait until the early second round. If I have that early second round pick, that's when I'm using that on Cassius Stanley because I think that he's not someone that I can plug into right now, but I grab him with that athleticism and, and really knowing that my staff can work with him on his, on his defense and on his shooter or on his jumper and even some of his handle. I can work with him on that and make that 33rd pick a steal. So I'm, I'm taking Cassius Stanley early in the second round. If I am the, if the Pistons, but, but here's the thing, he'll start on night one. If he's a Piston guaranteed. <laughs> uh, I, I hate to be boring, but yeah, here we are all doing the same thing. Yesterday we were all taking Vernon carry with 25. If I've got the pick at 26, I'm, I'm probably not taking him. And like Donald said, I'm probably looking to see if I can maybe trade into the early second round. I, I think I think Cash is an ideal guy to 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 play in the G League a bit, um, you know, maybe a two way kind of player. Um, let him season a little bit before he, before he comes up. But I do agree. One of the things Jeremiah said was ceiling. You know, from a ceiling standpoint, this guy has a has a high ceiling if if he can develop a couple things. His athleticism allows the sky to be the roof or the roof to be the sky or whatever it is Michael Jordan would say. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, I, I, I think Cassius Stanley, I don't know if the first round is where he goes, but I think he still has a very nice NBA future ahead of him. So, uh, so guys, that's going to do it then for us on 248 back-to-back episodes of the DBR podcast as we talk about Cassius Stanley's NBA prospects. We'll be back here tomorrow. Episode 249, I guarantee you, at least I think, <laughs> episode 249 will be a discussion of Trey Jones and the, uh, the, the, very, the very special NBA future he maybe has ahead of him. Um, we'll be back for uh, Donald and Sam. I am Jason. Thanks again to Jeremiah for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, have a listen to the dulcet tones of the Duke band. not dulcet tones. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Beep, 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 beep. Dulcet. <laughs>